0: is loose touchdown Elks trade
1: forward into the end zone Edmonton's home for great stories local heroes and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks this is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates Alberta injury lawyers the heavy hitters of injury law
2: it's Tuesday night it's cheap movie night but this show is so cheap it's free How are you doing? Here's what's happening in the NHL. Red Wings lead the Sabres 4-0. That's in the second period. In the third period, Senators up 5-2. On the Rangers, the Blue Jackets lead the Kings 3-1. That would be a bit of an upset. Second period, Islanders up 2-1 on the Sharks. And late in the first, Chicago with a 1-0 lead on the Predators. Felino has the goal there. Still to come tonight, starting in a couple of minutes, Flames taking on the Wild. Jacob Markstrom has a fractured finger for the Flames, so he is uh, not going to be able to go tonight. Also, the Devils will play the Canucks in the Hughes Bowl. All three Hughes brothers in that game. Two for the Devils and one for Vancouver. And just getting underway are the Ducks and the Avalanche. Of course, the Oilers back at it tomorrow. At long last, they will try to build on their four-game winning streak as uh, they take on... The Carolina Hurricanes at Rogers Place. Oilers now will be at 4.30. The face-off show will be at 6. And it's uh, kind of an unusual start time. Around 7.52 will be the actual puck drop because uh, the game is on TNT, a television station in the United States. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you. The final game. For Team Canada, for Christine Sinclair. That starts in about an hour at BC Place in Vancouver, what has been renamed for this game between Canada and Australia to Christine Sinclair Place. Later on tonight, we're going to have the guy who made her cry in an interview. Gene Principe, who usually just makes us all smile, maybe sometimes groan with some of his puns, but uh, maybe the nicest guy in Edmonton broadcasting, and he will uh, recount how he made Christine Sinclair cry. Uh, He'll join us around 7.45 tonight to get it going. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He's presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to SentinelStorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly,
0: welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing much better, Reed. I'm uh, back at work this week. I'm really looking forward to it. I had, uh, as I mentioned last week on the show, I had uh, surgery last Monday, and I'm feeling well enough to go back to work. I'm going to work uh, here at home on tonight and Thursday, and I'm g- going to stay in Calgary. I'm not going to go to Toronto for one more weekend, just out of precautionary needs, and uh, and I'll work the Flames game here on Saturday afternoon. So it'll be good, and then I'll start traveling again.
2: Okay, good. Well, good to hear that uh, you are well on the mend. I- I'm happy to hear that for sure, and thanks for hopping on the show. Hey, uh, I-, I wanted to ask you something. The the First of all, the World Junior... Selection camp roster was announced for Team Canada, so 30 players, and then they'll go to Oakville and and basically try out for the team from December 10th to 13th. I I know when you were of that age, I'm trying to flash back here, uh, the, the World Junior team was certainly um you know that's when canada i i think i got the right era was becoming more serious about it and you were you know a top goaltender and as i've always said in terms of representing canada you were on one of the best teams of all time the 1987 canada cup so i mean you were of international caliber but were you ever uh in contention for world juniors like what what's the story there
0: that's a great question and I don't even have an answer for you. I I here's my here's my take. Here's my recollection of World Juniors back then. It wasn't it, well, first of all, everybody knows it wasn't uh, nearly the uh tournament that it is now. Uh, I would think they I I would know I know they had some sort of following, but it wasn't huge. So my first memory of Uh, and I think you'll like the story, Reed. the World Juniors. So I'm still a year removed from playing uh, uh, in Medicine Hat, so I'm playing U18 in Edmonton with our uh, Canadian Athletic Club, Inland Cement, the team that ultimately we won the cities that year and we won the provincial championships. But that Christmas, this Christmas of 1977, Some of the games, if not all, I can't remember, were played in Edmonton. And guess who was on that Canada team, World Juniors, in 1977? First time I ever laid eyes on them.
2: Was that the year Greski was on it? Yes. Yeah.
0: First time ever I saw Wayne Gretzky and, uh, cause we had all heard everything about right. him, but in Western Canada, it wasn't something that, uh, he wasn't traveling on all these rep teams and doing that, uh, coming out to, uh, Western Canada. So that was my first chance to see him. And I, I remember the game. I don't remember the score, or how many points he had, but he absolutely dominated. I think it was against the Soviets. Um, and, and it was just a really cool experience. Then because of that experience seeing Wayne Gretzky and his teammates and and on that that sort of in that format then it became more on my radar and I didn't quite do the I didn't have enough time to do the research read but so my first year in Medicine Hat, we had an incredible young defenseman on our team by the name of Peter Steblick. and Peter was also from Edmonton, and uh, Peter was highly touted. I think he played for the Medicine Hat Tigers as a 16-year-old. So before I went there, uh, one year before I made the Tigers, and if I'm not mistaken, and I have to, I'm working tonight, so I'm gonna have to check this out after the broadcast. But I think Peter played on the 1978 canada team in the world juniors that's how good he was uh and peter ended up uh, getting drafted by the new york islanders uh same team i was drafted by and uh, so that was my sort of affiliation connection with it and my my long-standing memory so yeah it's uh you know and then by the way really going deep then i sort of after 81 I moved to the states right and so we're not getting TSN or the carrier so it wasn't until the first ever NHL lockout in 1994 when I was home for Christmas that did I ever watch it on television because it wasn't on our radar back then right and so I can never get it in the states and it wasn't a big deal when I played in New York or LA so it was kind of nice to come back and uh, Christmas of nineteen ninety four, and see to the level that it was getting covered now, and and the importance of the tournament.
2: Uh, that well, okay, that's that is a great story, and uh, you you really got my mind racing there. <laughs> a few different <laughs> things. Okay, so first of all, Peter Steblick. yep, uh, ninth round to the Islanders yep. in nineteen eighty. And you win the second round.
0: That's right. Okay. And, yeah, and he was – he never – he ended up playing in the minors, and I can't remember for how many years. I want to say played like three or four, maybe five years in the minors.
2: Yeah, I think it's got four here on HockeyDB. Yes, yes. Toledo and Indianapolis. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So – Heck of a guy. I you know, strangely enough or interestingly enough, I ran into him about 10 years ago in Toronto on one of my Friday night dinners. So we had dinner together. Uh, PJ Stock was at dinner and everything. It was just really fun catching up again.
2: Okay. Well, that's do you remember who the Islanders'
0: first round pick was in 1980? Uh that would have been Brent Sutter. Brent, Brent Sutter. Yeah. yeah. I went second. <laughs> Greg Gilbert went third. Monty Trace went fourth. Uh, uh, you're missing Dave Mark- Simpson. He
2: was in there who didn't play oh, that's in the NHL. Right, too. Yeah. yeah
0: And w- what round was Dave drafted in?
2: Dave Simpson was the third rounder, and then Trotche okay. and Gilbert were both fourth rounders. But you got a pretty okay, good memory, you. Kelly. That's pretty good. Wow. And I
0: think there was a guy by the name of Mark Hamway that might have been drafted in yes. around the seventh. Yeah, seventh round <laughs> He was round, in maybe? the seventh
2: round. Out yeah. of Michigan State, yeah. Uh, yeah. He got into 53 games with the Islanders. Wow.
0: Yep, he uh, was—he was a (laughs) heck of a player. He right-handed shot. Mark Hamway. We all thought he was destined uh, to be a star in the National Hockey League, and that just tells you how hard it is to stick around.
2: Yeah. Well, that's—you got a great uh, memory. Those—those are pretty good first two-round picks for the Islanders. uh, Brent Sutter and you because uh, you played 677 games, which is a lot for a goalie, and he played yep. over 1,100. <laughs> that's, that's a forward <laughs> so yeah, not bad, not bad for sure. <laughs> it well, worked it, out. Yeah. It, it's funny, too, like, like talking about the World Junior Team, because we were looking at the list today, you know, Dave, my producer, and I, and I'm yep. glad Dave caught this, and I mentioned it on our sportscast this afternoon. So there's 30 players picked to go to the Canadian camp, and two yeah. of them are from Irma, Alberta, which is not a big town. And and I love the, uh, the like, its population is estimated about 520. Uh, so <laughs> oh, not, wow. not a big town. And wow. I, I don't like you and I have talked about some of your minor hockey in Crestwood and stuff. But like, yeah. would you leave Edmonton? Would you, would you go play rural small town teams as well when you were a kid here?
0: Yep, twice. Uh, I remember my first ever tournament. We went to Wabamun Lake. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it was one of those. Again, I'm dating myself. Uh, we in Edmonton at that time for the indoor rinks. Anyways, we're starting to get like our version of a zamboni. It wasn't an actual zamboni. It was just our, you know, the tractor with the machine on the back that flooded the ice. Well, they did not have that in Wabamun. They had like a uh a rain barrel that was cut in half and they had holes punched in the bottom i'm not making this up Reed. this is actual and then they sort of had these cloths hanging off the barrel that would drag along the ice and that was their ice uh resurfacing uh, machine or gadget uh, i had never seen that before i'm sure in edmonton earlier before we started to get our so-called tractors that that was the thing that was the first tournament ever or first time ever, I got a a star in a game. So I got a ribbon for, well, one of the three stars. I don't remember which one now. And then my next tournament was in uh, Sherwood Park. And once again, I got one of the three stars in the game that that I played in. And again, I don't remember which star, but I remember I kept those ribbons in my room for years in Elmwood. I was just so darn proud that I was, somebody actually looked at my game and said, hey, he played pretty well. (laughs) <laughs> that's what a memory that that wow you're
2: you're impressing me with uh, the stuff and by the way pardon me I think I said Crestwood not Elmwood uh, for your whole well, neighborhood I, so I, I feel shame I
0: did no I did play quite a bit in Crestwood though they okay. had the Crestwood shell so we played a lot of games in Crestwood trust me
2: okay right <laughs> oh that's amazing I like that story about the old Zamboni that wasn't a Zamboni mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. have memories of those yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, the Oilers finally play tomorrow. So they they stayed off the ice Friday and Saturday. They've had three straight days of practice. Um, Maybe a coach's dream. I'm not sure that's a player's dream or or is it? How would have you felt about three days of practice without a game?
0: That might be a little excessive uh, to have that long break. Three days of practice. Typically, I didn't mind if it was maybe once or twice in a year, and I'll tell you why. Uh, The older we got, um, in particular, not so much New York because our kids were a little bit younger, but... when we moved to Los Angeles and started to really experience a a real fine dining scene, uh, when we had those breaks where we might have three days off, uh, sometimes we might even have four back then because our schedule didn't seem quite as compacted and, and, and stuff. But I would always, and this was one of my favorite memories of uh, playing in LA other than being on the ice that I would go to Wayne Gretzky and I'd ask him, Hey, what's the latest new hotspot? Uh, and uh, tell me about it and hopefully he would make reservations for Donna and I and we'd go to all these fantastic restaurants and just sort of live life large and because we always knew we were moving back to Canada but just to have that uh, incredible L.A dining, living ex- experience that uh, was so incredible. And some of the restaurants that he he recommended were just, you know, world-class and the, the people, the celebrities you'd see in them. And some of them were so hard to get into, but because it was Wayne calling and uh, he'd get us in. So uh, that, so, and aside from a hockey story, you still have a life to live and we led a good one down in LA.
2: All right, so... Would every team, and maybe after a while it became you because you enjoy culinary experiences, would every team have a go-to restaurant guy? You know, that guy who knew, okay, when we're traveling – we're gonna let him like he knows the spots. Did does every team maybe not just have a guy like that, but does every team need a guy like that?
0: <laughs> well, I think you need a guy like that. And but one of the things, like we didn't have those team services people that help you out now on the road where they they might make the reservation for a number of guys and and help out that way. Um but sometimes it's word of mouth. Sometimes what we would do in particular, I remember Tony Granado. He was from the Chicago area, Downers Grove, to be particular. But uh, when we'd go to Chicago, we'd ask Tony, Hey, where should we go? And so he'd line up these great restaurants in downtown Chicago. Same thing. If you go to maybe Detroit and we had uh, Mike uh, Donnelly, um, he's from, uh, Oh, boy. What's it, a little uh, Livonia, a little place, just a, a suburb of Detroit. So you have everybody. And so when we'd go to Edmonton, I'd recommend I would usually go have dinner with my mom and dad, but I'd tell the guys, here's a great spot to go. Uh, and so you sort of do that as well. When you go to a city and you have somebody from there, that would be one of the things you'd go, hey, what's uh, so? What's a great spot? Uh, maybe instead of going to a typical uh, high end steak joint, which is pretty popular on the road, let's try this. A local place and uh, I remember that like one of my favorite dinners was uh, in Ottawa we had uh, a guy by the name of Jim Thompson and Jim although he's originally from Edmonton he played in Ottawa for the Senators before he joined our team in LA and so he had all the great dining spots in Ottawa when we went and they were just incredible so that's kind of how it it goes that's how it kind of flows on the road for the NHL guys.
2: Wow, that's we hit on a lot of stuff today, and and we did. Uh, you, you, you hit on a lot of names that I wasn't expecting, or I had to look. I, 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 you know, Jim Thompson was from Edmonton, right? Yep, I believe in university. So this is thirty years ago. Yeah, I went. I had classes. Was either his nephew or his cousin, like that, something like that, because you know, okay, I like yeah. hockey. And then when I found out, uh, so yeah. we always talk about hockey anyway. I wish I could remember the guy's name, but that's <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> now, hey, uh, you so, should
0: you should uh, search out Jim Thompson on uh, social media, he's got a real powerful message, he's uh unbelievable. Uh, he had a bit of a tough life, and uh, he's clean and sober. Uh, he bought, I think, the Aurora. Junior hockey team uh, in Ontario. He is doing world class things for the kids. And uh, I just saw recently he got honored uh, in, uh, I think, the town of Aurora in Ontario. So, real cool guy. You should follow him. I know how that stuff interests you, uh, Reed.
2: Yeah, it does. I-, I love those those great stories for sure. Okay. Kelly, I'm very generous with your time. I know you got a game night here. Uh, this was a blast, as always, and we'll catch Same. up again next week.
0: You got it. Thanks, Reed. Take
2: care. Well, that was a fun one with Kelly Rudy presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca, And uh, of course, we did that with Kelly uh, a couple hours ago because he's currently broadcasting the game between the Wild and the Flames and it's already one nothing for many six minutes into the first period. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems, CertainTeed her all the way. Christine Sinclair, her final game as a member of the Canadian women's soccer team tonight in Vancouver, a friendly against Australia. Uh, Jean Principe made her cry in an interview. He's going to tell that story as we move along tonight as well. <laughs>
0: Is inside sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader six thirty chat.
2: Well, that is indeed the name of the program. We'll give you the full scoreboard after the seven thirty news, but uh, the. LA Kings with three goals in the first seven minutes of the third period to tie it up with Columbus. It's now 3 3 with about four and a half minutes left. My goodness, overtime looming. 780 496 Kellen, what do we have, my friend? I don't know the way
1: LA's playing tonight. Uh, uh, yeah, they, be, they may win this one in they, regulation. They win You're this right. regulation. <laughs> yeah, they're just dominating the Blue Jackets. Now. Anyway, uh, the text line uh, Kelly Rudy really uh, hitting on uh, a few things in his conversation with you tonight uh, that spurred text line on. We got one from AH or Ah on yep, the text line. was called says, in a couple times, too. Uh, oh, my God. I remember, or OMG, I remember those hot water buckets Kelly talking about uh, back in the 70s in Vigerville. Uh, LOL, I don't feel so old now. So I'm trying to picture this in my mind. It's like, okay, so it's a bucket, but it's off the back of... Uh, uh, like an ATV or a trailer or something like that and he just would walk around the ice yeah that predates (laughs) me Uh, I
2: certainly played in a rink I think when I first started playing minor hockey in Evansburg It was a tractor that had some sort of miniature ice resurfacing contraption attached to the back of it. Right. And then I think they eventually got a full-on Zamboni. But yes, uh, we would say the tractor's coming out. It was actually a tractor with something attached mm. to it yes okay
1: hey well there we go <laughs> the development of the Samboni was something I did not expect us getting into <laughs> <Yeah. here. laughs> but there we go <laughs> uh, we've got um, one from uh, this uh, text who did not leave a name but they said possible big tra- a trade uh, Jack Eye Allen Anderson Evans for Broberg Campbell Borgo and Fogle your thoughts Sorry, say that again. Uh, he's got Jacki, Allen, Anderson, and Evans from Montreal for Broberg, Campbell, Borgo, and Fogel. What are the Canadians getting? Uh, I think he has Broberg, Campbell, Borgo, and Fogel <laughs> going back the other way. So, uh, okay.
2: It seems like the orders would likely win that trade, mm. but uh, we'll see. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Gene Principe ahead. Get to uh, more of your feedback as well. It's Inside Sports on Chat.